Break Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, and today our topic is Nambutripod Allergy Elimination Technique, or NAET as it's also known, and our guest is the creator, Dr. Debbie Nambudripad, a California acupuncturist, chiropractor, and kinesiologist. Dr. Debbie developed NAET in 1983 to relieve herself of severe allergic symptoms that she'd suffered since her birth in South India. Good evening, Dr. Debbie. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. How are you? Wonderful. So you actually suffered severe allergies of your own growing up, didn't you? Yes, very, very severe allergies all my life until I found an NAET and cleared all my problems. Now I can say I'm fairly healthy. What exactly are allergies? Allergies are, in my opinion, our brain misinterpreted all the energy of different things around your body and start reacting, start looking at it as an invader and start causing trouble and that will show our symptoms in our body and we start getting all different kind of health symptoms. And when you look at the health issue, you know, we are only going to talk about the health issue right now. So, like, we all have to eat food, and we have to, no matter how fasting you do and how many good food, or how many days you can avoid eating and everything, but sometimes in your life you have to start eating, you know, you can't go on without eating too long. And if you start reacting to all the food you are eating, however good or bad it is, your body cannot function properly. So that's what I call as allergies. In um, Western medical perspective, actually, they say true allergies are IgE-mediated symptoms. You know, immunoglobulin E gets out, and that's causing a lot of reactions in the body. And those are severe, severe allergies. And most people we see among us, even though they can get really bad reactions, probably they are not producing IgEs. They may be producing IgGs, like a gamma globulin, something like that. So that we can count as sensitivities and intolerances, things like that. But even if you have intolerances and sensitivities, they can make your life miserable. You cannot live properly. You cannot eat anything without causing abdominal pain and cough and itching and leg pain, arthritis, asthma, headaches. These are some of the symptoms we notice when you eat wrong food. Wrong food means allergic food or sensitive food. So that's what I call allergy. Allergies can actually accumulate over the years, can't they? Allergies, you have the tendency to be allergic. The tendencies are inherited from parents, grandparents, and things like that. Then some people, they may have good immune system, so probably they are not expressing themselves so highly. They may have a little bit cold here and there, a little bit of abdominal pain or a little bit of something in when you're growing up. And then as you grow up, over a period of time, and you eat the same, repeatedly eating the same allergic food or drinks, it will start accumulating. Then you will start having severe symptoms after so many years. But in some cases, they are starting out as big reactors like me. You know, if even in childhood, you have severe reactions to food and things like that. Those are the people who have severe inheritance from their parents or grandparents. But most people are not so bad. They can go on. They can have more normal life among normal people, even though they don't feel good most of the time. They say, oh, something out of fraud. Something I'm not feeling good, but they cannot really pinpoint what it is. But then eventually they'll start reacting after a while. So 
there are variations of these reactions and allergies you can see among people. What exactly is NAET? When I finally figured out what was wrong with me, and when I got treated and I got better and I started eating food, that once it was causing a lot of problems, they were not causing any more problems when I started eating. So I said, wow, this is really great. I didn't know what to call it. Then after I got all my different licenses and everything, I started working with the patients. So I had to call something this one. So I said, why don't I call allergy? Because I know it's allergy now. I did not differentiate you know, allergy like the sensitivities are intolerant because everything's allergy to me because that's the way I felt. So I just caused the Jaysenamburi Pass Allergy Elimination Technique to remove the allergy. Only my technique was be able to do that at that time. Even now, I haven't found anybody else doing it anyway, except someone who learns my technique and change the name or something. Other than that, this is the only thing you can non-invasively go and remove the allergy from your body and make your body work for you and work with you and make you able to live by eating all the food once you are reacting. Now you can eat it normally. That's only can be done with NAD. So I named it as NAD. I named it after my name. I got the information originally from applied kinesiology. Applied kinesiology and acupuncture. Acupuncture also has something like applied kinesiology testing. So I combined those two, and it still I wasn't getting the satisfactory results. So I had to make tiny bit, little bit changes here and there. So now we can do very good testing with the thing. So we just refined the muscle testing a little bit. That's it. Actually, it is from applied kinesiology. Yeah. This is called neuromuscular sensitivity testing. That's what I named our testing, muscle testing. Much more reliable, yes. Wherever the loophole, they are not getting the accuracy, we are able to get that without refined muscle testing. I read that your new patients are required to read your book, Say Goodbye to Illness, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. The reason for that, I have put uh, almost most information about NAD in that book, and plus, Thousands of patients gave me a lot of these testimonies. They all prompted me to write the book. That's why I originally started it. And their testimonies are there. So when people read that, they can understand what this can do to them because they can identify themselves like some of those patients because most of us have similar problems all over the world anyway. So people can see that, okay, I thought I'm supposed to live like this forever. Now I see somebody else getting better with this problem, so maybe I have a chance. So that book will give them some hope before they come in. And even though I'm doing this for the last 24 years, for 25 years or whatever, still it's very little known everywhere. Nobody knows except through my book. Nobody else knows because I haven't been able to publish peer in peer review demos yet. We are approaching a lot of places. We are getting such reluctance to publish our articles. And one of the journalists even told me, and he doesn't know that I wrote, so I wrote to my office that your doctor is 100 years ahead of time. So when someone starts publishing, then you contact us, then we will look at your articles. <laughs> so this is the response we are getting. So it's, it's so sad that very few people, only word of mouth, people can still know this. Others are not aware of something like this. Otherwise, more people will be healthier in this world, believe it or not. Are your new patients supposed to avoid any certain foods during treatment? When a new patient comes in, that patient has to read the book. 
And then we also will tell the patient to bring all the medical records, copy of all the records, whatever patient has it, we have to bring it in. Because we want to know actually what's happening with that patient or what patient has been doing all this time. So we need to get a complete history. Most people, they don't know exactly what's happening. So then we also want them to do a blood test, IgG and IgE both, because sometimes patients have severe reactions and that may be IgE mediated, that is, as soon as they eat, immediately your body reacts, cell reacts, and produces this lesion, like a defensive person, and uh, they can pass out and die if they eat the wrong things. You see all these peanuts, allergies, and shellfish, and everything. We hear a lot of people die from that. That's the IgE-mediated allergies. So we want to find out who they are and who they are not. And some other group, they have severe reactions. They may have vomiting, throwing up brains and everything, but they are not going to die because they don't have IgE production when the reaction happens. They may have IgG production or IgM, IgA, some other immunoglobulins. So they are not so dangerous like the IgE group. So we want to know who belongs to IgE and who belongs to IgG. So we run these two tests on everybody, so we have that record with us. Then we do, you know, when I do the muscle testing, when I do my muscle testing, whether it is IgE-mediator or IgG or IgM, they all test the same. I cannot differentiate who has extreme reaction with IgE and without now. That's the reason I want the blood work to verify. So because we don't do any treatments or testing on animals, we are doing on real people. So we have to be very, very cautious with whatever we are doing. So our patients won't go through extreme reactions. We will be able to handle that. So that in the beginning, it may be a little bit expensive, but it's worth doing it for the patient's safety. Then when they come in, we will treat them. We have a screening devices, computer devices and everything. They can screen and tell you how severely allergic you are on certain things. But still, those machines will not pick up or differentiate from IG or IgG. So that definitely has to go through the laboratory work. Then we have combined, I have developed a series of treatments, like basic 15 treatments, 15 groups. So these are the most major food that we eat every day, like eggs and chicken. That all will come in one group. Then calcium, that's all the milk and milk products, that's the other group. Then vitamin C, that's all the fruits and vegetables. And the B-complex, all the grains. So, you know, like the B vitamin, B1, B2, etc. Then the sugar, about 15 or 16 sugars in our group. When you look at your daily food, what are you eating? That's what you're eating. You may eat a little bit of protein, animal protein, that's eggs and chicken, some milk and milk products, and some fruits and vegetables, some grains, and some sugar. Hey, you know, you made a day. You, we can do with that forever. So that's where we start our treatment to begin with. Then, you know, 15 groups goes on like a salt and minerals and the yeast, that's the other problem people have, and hormones, acid and base salts, things like that. So we have a special book, guidebook. That one has minimum food you can eat with each of your treatments without causing your treatment to go. So after the treatment, you tell the patient, you must follow this and you have to avoid all the things in this group, what to avoid, you know, we have given the list too, and only eat the item that you're supposed to eat for 25 hours. Only 25 hours. Afterwards, you can eat whatever you want. Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. 
It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. Patients remain in the practitioner's office for 15 or 20 minutes after the treatments, and then they're tested again, aren't they? 20 minutes, yeah. We, we prefer to leave the patient at least 20 minutes in the office because sometimes while going through the 20 minutes waiting period, they can have a reaction, so we like to retreat them. And usually after 20 minutes, their treatments are safe, they don't lose it unless they go touch something or something. So we have some precautionary measures we tell them what to do. But if they have to lose the treatment, if the treatment didn't take it, it will happen within 20 minutes. So we will keep them 20 minutes at least in our office. So we want to make sure that it is clear the item must be treated before they go out. Then their avoidance will start for 25 hours. How long normally before the second treatment? They can do once a week, once in two weeks, or twice a week, thrice a week. It depends on their immune system. It depends on their body's response. So we will test that. We can test that also with our muscle testing and how often can they take. And if whatever the body says, we will do that. Is there an average of how many treatments it takes for a patient to really find results? Again, depends on uh, the patient's problem, how severe it is, how long it has been, the duration of the illness, and the condition or the present condition when they come to the office, how good are they, are they very, very sick, or they are average, they are able to live a normal life, do they still have a reaction? So all this take into account. Then the 15 groups are the basic essential nutrients, so that's what we treat first. Most people will feel a very good result within the first 15 basic treatments because once when they start eating food without so much adverse reaction, they will start feeling good. So, But when they come in, their side effects are, they say, oh, I have asthma for so long, I have migraine for so long, arthritis for so long, like that. They will be having all these complaints, health complaints, but we don't look at the complaints. I mean, that's we want to look at it, but we are not treating that. We will only treat this food, whatever they are eating in their daily life. And all of a sudden they will say, oh, my asthma is gone, or my asthma is reduced, or my migraines, only I get once in a while now. So things like that, people will start giving us information, you know, that they are feeling really good. So that's why we know our treatments are helping them to get better with their health problems. Like autism children, we did a study in 2004-2005. We did a 60 children study, 30 treatment group, 30 control group. And treatment group, all of them got well, but 23 out of uh, 26, four of them had to leave the study in between because their parents had to move away somewhere. So the 26 completed and 23 completely became okay, and they are back in normal school just like normal, like you and me. So that's a study we are trying to publish it now. So somebody publishes it, we have several studies waiting to come out. So those kids took 50 to 100 treatments to get normal, 50 to 100 groups, you know, 50 groups. So some of them you had to do twice. That's why it's about 100 treatments per child within one year. So twice a week we were treating the children, and they, they all got well. So average 50 to 100, or if somebody's very, very sick, maybe more, like a chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, kind of patients, you know, they are almost very dysfunctional. Those kind of people may take up to 100 or maybe a little more than 100 patients. 
That's uh, usually when it's on the multiple patients, they don't, uh, you know, they are released after 35, 40 treatments. Are there any age limits for NAAT? There is no age limit. We have treated, I have treated, three-day-old or two-day-old to all the way to 95. So, with excellent How can someone be sure that they're receiving your authentic NAET treatment? That is uh, one of the problems we are facing all the time. My technique is fairly easy to copy it. So a lot of patients, when they come in and they get through the treatment, they start doing on their own, saying, oh, this NAD, I can help you, so they start helping the neighbors and friends. And, and I have put all these books out. You know, the main reason I put the books out, because a lot of people can do a lot of self-help. So if they are sick all the time, they can at least find out what's wrong using the techniques I have given there, the testing techniques I have given in the books. Every book I write, I make sure that I put this testing technique so that anyone gets hold of my book, they will at least have a chance to learn about the testing on their own. If they are smart, they can, you know, avoid all those things and they can start feeling good. Then if they must get some treatment, they can find somebody and get some treatment. Also, giving self-help, uh, some of those in those books too. So people will get that and they will, some people are really smart, they do that. So that's why I suggest anyone calls us, please look at our, our website and see who has taken maximum classes, patients should go to those people because once when they come for three or four classes, they know a lot of it. So not just go to somebody just taking basic or one advance or something. So some people are smart, you know, some of them are doing good, but I cannot really say who is doing good, who is not doing good because I cannot be with them in their office or they come from all over but only the number of classes when they take, and I, I know they are serious-minded, and they do take classes. They understand it. So that's the only way we can really say. How many NAT practitioners are there today? I have trained so far about 12,200-something. That's the last count I got. So I don't know how many exactly practicing, but that many I trained all over the world. So people shouldn't have a hard time finding an NAT practitioner. I've heard that NAAT is even good for pets, too. There's a veterinary side to it. Yes, I have a book written on eliminating pets allergies, and I do treat some pets in my office. I have a special table outside my office. That's where the pets will bring them and treat them. And pets do wonderful with this treatment. Pets are just like our, you know, humans. And some patients, human patients, when I treat them, they are sad and they cannot get well because... Pets are the only families they have, so I need to take care of their families. Then only my patients will get better. That's how, that's how I started treating the pets, and now it's fabulous. I love treating pets. And, uh, you know, the owners bring the, with the pets. And we also have several veterinary doctors trained, excellent doctors. They are doing fabulously well with NAET. Dr. Debbie, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me about NAET tonight. Great. I enjoy talking to you, too. I hope some of your listeners will benefit from NAAT. Anyone wanting to learn more about NAAT should visit Dr. Debbie's website at www.naet.com. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back soon with another edition, but to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. 
Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.